This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Learn more at slashandcast.net. I think I'm dying here, man. Welcome to the 3B Video Deep Cut Podcast. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. <laughs> it was fun. Aw, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's that time again for another bi-weekly podcast with your hosts, Rotten Roger DeMarco and... Evil Dead Inks. And... Well, I, this is Jay Underwood, but I want to have a cool nickname. You know, you guys got the cool names. I just got Jay. He's, well, the sleep stalker. <laughs> That's you right. Yeah. Griffin. Wasn't yeah. my name Griffin? Yes. You remember, Griffin. right? Griffin. <laughs> Griffin, or the or the last nickname that you get that that John gave you, Spray. Yes. yes. That's right. Your I forgot part. about that. What's your last name, Spray? <laughs> so that's right. We are here. We are live at the Slash and Bash. Film Festival. Film Festival. Topeka, Kansas. Yep. Yep. And uh, we decided to interrupt. We are in the midst of our Friday the 13th uh, marathon of doing those movies, but we happened to make this convention. We said no. And we're like, you know what? Let's see if we can if we can bribe old Jay to come and come and talk with us for a little bit. <laughs> well, that, he was gracious enough to be like, you know oh, what? I will gladly do that. You know, that's that's because because you guys have seen one of my lesser known or seen <laughs> films, Sleep Stalker, A Sandman's Last Rites, or whatever it's you called. Are upping our street cred, 100% man, and right and uh, and so uh, that pretty that impressed me. That impressed <laughs> me to no end. So I'm like, I got to go talk to these guys. I want to tell you, you made my weekend. Like, <laughs> I. I uh, as soon as it was announced that you were coming, I was like, Evil, are you kidding me? Like, it is the Jay Underwood. Like, I am going to geek out so hard, and I didn't want to fangirl you. And I was like, you might have to ask him if he wants to be on the podcast, because I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, I was like, sure, I'll give it a shot, because I got a copy of the poster ahead of time of what's going to be going on at the Slash and Bash. And I just, I didn't really even look at it too thorough. I just felt like, oh, cool. I'm gonna, and I immediately sent it over to him. I was like, here's what's here's the dates and everything, what's going on. He's like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Did you see who's on here? I was like, which, which one? He's like, Jared was going to be there. I'm like, you and the wife are both like, we're both like, did you see that? <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, most people come by and, and want to talk about the Fantastic Four, the original Fantastic mm-hmm. Four, which we can talk about, uh, that Roger Corman made, or or uh, The Boy Who Could Fly, or uh, Uncle Buck, or, you know, some Disney Channel movies. But, man, when you walked up with the Sleep Stalker DVD, <laughs> I'm like, sweet, that's yes. cool, man. That's, that's... Yes. And so... he fought so much for me to watch that and bring it up beforehand because it was a, a movie I had not heard of, and he's like, you need mm-hmm. to buy this. We were at uh, a vintage stock in town where you can buy yep. used movies and stuff, and he's like, you should buy this. And picked it up, and I was like, I'm going to get to it eventually, but... It, he knows me well. Like my stack of movies of unseen to I haven't gotten to movies, yet yeah. is about you know four <laughs> feet tall. So he's like, "Did you get to it?" I was like, "I didn't get to it yet." And I was like, "But I'm gonna I'm gonna be the the traditional fan. I'll take Uncle Buck because we watched there it a good go. amount of times. I'm gonna get that signed, and then I'll go home and be regretful that I didn't grab Sleep Soccer." <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'll we'll get into some Roger Corman stories and some other uh, John Candy stuff. But uh, normally, how we do this, we spend about an hour talking about a specific movie. Um, and I usually have Evil give us a brief plot synopsis of the film, but you were in the movie. So, do you want to give the folks at home a brief plot synopsis of the Sandman last night? Man, you're, that's going to have to be your job, oh, because no. I don't think I can remember enough of it. I mean, seriously, uh, I'm trying to even think of what the... You were doing lines from it, like yeah. saying lines, and I'm like, oh, that's right, that's right. And we were talking about props and... 
And I know I mentioned that uh, one of the props in the movie that, that I had is my character was a writer. And then, and then you said, oh yeah, you're writing that article on? Uh, uh, Dog Sanchez for your gangbanger piece. Uh, you know, and you just got to get real close. You just got to get real close and smoke that fool. That's what you got to do. So, you know. I'm like, oh, it's all, you know, those those distant memories, and they all kind of come flooding back, and you're like, oh, that's right. I, yeah. You just now need it's... the one trigger to make all of us start falling. Like Domino's like, yeah. So, so, I mean, I'm serious. Give, give the plot. Okay, okay. So uh, It's 1995. Yeah. And uh, there's a uh, notorious serial killer named the Sandman who is killing family after family. It's very Shocker-esque for the people who listen to us who know about Shocker. And uh, so you, you've got this serial killer bouncing from house to house, killing family after family. Uh, and it turns out that uh, the whole reason he's killing these families is because he's hunting you. Right. You are his brother. You're his long lost brother. <laughs> oh, that's, that's right. <laughs> that's some straight up Star Wars guys yeah. right there. Yeah. So three days. Yeah, We've got three got days. Three days to take you out. I'm not really sure. It's really kind of muddy. Why? As to why? You know, yeah, you got three days. I don't know if he's just allowed to walk the earth for three days to take you out, but. Uh, Instead of And then he just blows away or something. Yeah. And, and yeah, spoiler this. alert, uh, he succeeds in his mission. But With you, total swerve. Yeah, it yeah. is a total swerve, bro. Got him moment. Yeah, yeah. That's, because, of course, what happens with uh, with sand, you know, when you put torch it uh, with fire, of course, it <laughs> melts and becomes like glass. And that's, if I remember right, it was his hand, he right? It's a super just, cool yeah, hand weapon. Thing yeah. just which, like, is, which is kind of deceptive because there's a scene earlier where, like, water is, like, kind of led to be like, is that something that's going to be right. his downfall? Because right. water gets turned over and he's you see his feet, like, <laughs> yeah, shuffling away from one. it. So he's like, is it going to get all clumpy <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> was he like litter? Yeah, yeah that's what we were, we were joking about. Like, exactly don't what be, I was You don't want to be the clumpy Sandman. You got to be, you know. He's going to start looking like T2. Like he's going to start just falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah, and then I get I, and then I get it. And then what does it, is that it? Is, is it over? <laughs> pretty, pretty like you're much. trying to escape. You, you basically, it's a lot of, uh, it's one of my favorite like movie formulas for a, a movie that doesn't have a massive budget. Now, I don't know the budget of this film, but it's a lot of uh, uh, setup, run, stop. We've got away. He's back. Right. We have a little altercation. Another cast member gets bumped off. We run. We stop. We've made it. He's here. You know what I mean? It's very formulaic, but it's so much fun. Like good. <laughs> super. It's it's one of my favorite movies. I grew up watching it, and and any one of my friends that would come over, I'm like, sit down, shut up for an hour and a half. You've got to watch this movie. I put you on par. I put that movie on par with the Nightmare on Elm Street films. So it's it's up there. For Man, me. that's that's pretty <laughs> high standard, high calling there. You know, it was uh, it was one of those. I remember reading the script, and I remember liking the script, and uh, and I went to the audition, and and it was actually pretty cool because um, Catherine Morris, who played my counterpart in it. She and I actually auditioned together. They were just pairing, you know, guys and gals up, mm-hmm. you know, at, at, at the audition. And and so we had, we're reading it out in the, you know, out, outside on the street before we went into the office, you know, where, where uh, uh, Turi, Meyer, and Al, Al Septian were, and they're the writers and Turi directed. And then um, uh, 
Catherine and I, it was one of those where we just went in and we just rocked it. I mean, it was one of those things where you walk out of the audition and you just know, like I, got we, that. I nailed it. <laughs> yeah, well, and you go, and if I don't get it, man, I feel totally good that I, we, we did. I mean, we just mm -hmm. we just both knew it. And yeah, but it was one of those where uh, Turi said afterwards, he goes, yeah, you guys did. I mean, it was just so <laughs> obvious. You know, you had the, had the chemistry going and just yeah. everything and, and, uh, and boom. And I think it was... Uh, if I remember right, it was kind of earlier on in my career where where it was kind of my start of doing indies and doing right. independent stuff, right? And I had to kind of get in that mindset of how you make those kinds of films because time is... It's is very, yeah, go, go, go. Uh, yeah, it's, it's... Get it on the it, first take or not at all? Basically, <laughs> that's it. And Catherine and I, and I think it was one of her first indies too, and so we're wanting to rehearse. Well, we're going to have some rehearsal time, right? we got to figure this out and, you know, and make it a little more organic. And, and then, well, you know, you're used to... Um, well, shucks, when I worked on uh, Uncle Buck with John Candy and John Hughes, John Hughes, oh my word, we would do 50 takes table or something, reads, you know? Oh, <laughs> table reads, yeah, yeah, what's that in this? And finally... <laughs> Finally, uh, Turi, and who is uh, Turi, our director, was just a terrific guy and became a good friend after that. And uh, and and he said, we need to just kind of talk with you guys. We love what you guys are wanting to do as actors and stuff. But here's the logistics. The logistics are we just don't have the how many, time. Do you remember how many days you had to shoot? I, you know, when oh, something like that. I mean, I'm it just, was 1995. Uh, so I'm going to guess <laughs> it was not more than a month. It was probably a three-week shoot. Maybe it was four, if I rem, you know, wow. am, am, am remembering correctly. It's a long movie too. It's got a like an hour, 45-minute run. Time, yeah, that is. So. Yeah, sure. And so. and we were we 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 had one kind of main studio area that was actually kind of cool. It made had a lot of old brick buildings and stuff that we used a lot of that and then we did some location stuff around Los Angeles but uh yeah he just he just said so here's the deal we got to come up with a better system we, we we want you guys to be able to to bring everything you're bringing to the roles but th the truth of the matter is is we just got to move a lot quicker gotta you know go, and yeah. so he he said if you guys can rehearse or if I can grab away and I'll, I'll I'll steal away and come and rehearse with you guys just in dressing room areas or wherever you know and and then because we're gonna set up shots and then if you can just kind of go along with it and just mm -hmm. we're gonna tell you step here and step here and move here and it, and boom 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 and that way then too we can actually get you know a couple of takes out yeah. of it you know so so we we're like oh okay so I, I had to learn to readjust my my mindset after that all the other indies I did afterwards oh then <laughs> cakewalk you, then you cakewalk exactly uh, with Corman now is that, that's also that's very like uh, yes uh, like a machine like Mile one take yes go 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 yes absolutely working with for Roger Corman it is you yeah you got zero zero time and you but <laughs> I think at that point I knew that going into it you mm -hmm. know and we all did and we all wanted to make that that's a whole lot we can get onto that the, those <laughs> stories uh, if you like but um, yeah yeah that's the that's the deal. I was uh, curious because I, I, of course, we he had the, he has the DVD with him, so we watched Sleep Sucker. So I finally got to get it uh, watched last night. Yep, absolutely love the the wardrobe. Oh yeah, we're talking about that. I was that. like, oh my goodness, that is 1995 <laughs> to the max. I love it, the vest and the hat. Yeah, I had my and, leather vest. I, yeah. I remember I had like uh, one of those like uh, like. Um, um, like a weird material. undershirt, yeah. yeah. Like uh, what do you call that? Long underwear, underwear you know, yeah. whatever you know. Thermal, like with two yeah. thermal underwear. There you That's go. what yeah, it yeah. is. The thermal with that two my mom used to here. buy me, you know, for with for the two buttons time. exactly. Yeah. And I had the 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 chappy hat on backwards, kind of thing, you know. And yeah, the, it's which, so which 95. I'm, which I'm curious sure. between that, which you're rocking a sweet hat, 
the sweet hat you're rocking, Uncle Buck, and you're rocking oh, yeah. that sweet hat today. Are you a big hat man? Yeah, man. I, I like my hats. Yes. I like my hats. We are definitely hat guys <laughs> here. Uh, I think one of my one of my one of my classic hats stories was uh, when I was a kid. I'm working at a theater. I grew up in the Bay Area, and I'm working at the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing a Christmas Carol one year, and uh, and I used to have to take the BART train from um, the Hayward Station all the way over to San Francisco and and uh, go do the show. So leading up, it was Christmas time, and I remember being in an antique store with my mom, and I saw this really cool beaver pelt top hat from England in an antique store and and I put it on and it fit and I'm like that's all I wanted for Christmas that year was that that's, cool top this hat is it, yeah. that's the sign that's, that's like the tester of like if it right? fits just if it fits right. and you knew it was meant to be and I was supposed to wear hats and and uh <laughs> and so I get it and then I I'm so I wear it though you know so yeah. I'm at the BART station with my top hat you know on and you know and people are staring at me like what you know this <laughs> kid's just weird and but yeah, so uh, so I've, I got my hats and and uh, in fact when I was out here uh, in Kansas City doing we we're doing I think it was a film festival um, number of years back and uh, found a cool hat store there. I got my bowler hat. So yeah, oh yeah, yes. So is it a variety of different styles and designs? Yeah, this I don't even know what you call this style, but. Uh, you know, pork pie or something. It's got the triple thing or whatever. But yeah, this is my l- latest uh, style. But I got I got a bunch of others at home. Yeah, nice. yeah. We we have a, an extensive collection of hats for sure. Yeah, Very cool. Ball yeah. caps. Yeah, a yep. couple of fedoras. Definitely a lot of beanies. Yep. Just always liked hats, and that's the same kind of Me setup. Too. Like if you put it on, if it just fits. That's just it. Huh? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird like <laughs> like oh it doesn't it doesn't squeeze too much. It doesn't press on the ears. Yep. But just just so like it doesn't mess with your hair or rides up <laughs> when you move your head because of the hair. You're like oh I have to own this hat. All now. of these factors. That's it. Yes. It lets you know if the planets are aligned and you were meant to buy that hat. <laughs> like, I'm so, supposed to leave with this. <laughs> so so I'm curious. Uh, after doing Sleep Stalker. Because are, are you a big horror fan? Are you a big horror guy so in general? I would say probably not as much nowadays. i just kind of fallen out of it. But but there was a time when certainly I was much more into it. And, and, and let's see, when I was a kid, so the Friday the 13th stuff, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, going back to the original, I remember seeing, I remember watching Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D yeah, on Hollywood Boulevard God. in Hollywood <laughs> with this wild and crazy audience at like midnight, you know? That's I mean, that's bonkers. the way to see something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's wild. Yeah, I was just curious because, uh, you know, you did Sleep Stalker yep. and then you, you never really kind of dipped your toe back into like pure horror. No, let's see. The the only other, I'm trying to think what I would have had in the, in the can. So I did, yeah, I did X-Files and Millennium, but those aren't like real horror. So there was one I did called uh, Son of Darkness to Die For Part 2. The original one was, it's vampire, vampire oh, okay. type series, but pretty on the horror, you know, and, and uh, side. And then, um, and then... I crossed into this realm of, oh, so I always played the nice guy next door mm-hmm. it, it, early on in my career, and even Griffin in, in that was the <laughs> nice guy, you know, kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then I got these parts in some in some B movies where I was a stalker, and the the deal there was they wanted the nice guy next door, so you didn't think he was ah, the bad guy. Yes. And and I remember getting those parts, and and um, and uh, we went up to Canada and shot these. 
films and and um, I did one and then I they hired me the same company hired me to do a second one and uh, and so I'm playing the creepy guy you know in yes. fact it was great because my brother-in-law still kids me about about this one <laughs> because so I'm basically you know knocking people off I'm stalking this gal and I'm knocking people off to get in the way and uh, and this one this one gal she's kind of on to me like that I'm that I'm kind of psychotic and doing these things and so so um, uh, we're going through this car wash, and she jumps in the car, and I and I sit. I'm this wacky character where you know I'm sitting in the car wash while the car wash is going on, and I'm taking her head and slamming it against the dashboard. And my brother-in-law just just to this day just howls. He teases me about that story. He's like, "Is it Jay? I can't believe it. I'm just lava, you know." And then every now and again. Like somebody, somebody, well, not so much anymore because I think they're pretty much gone. I don't know if there's if they even resurrect on any streaming services or whatever. But somebody will come up to me and they go, you know, I saw this movie where you like <laughs> cut your finger off and you mailed it to somebody, or you pushed your mom down the stairs, or you bashed your girlfriend's head at the dashboard, and and uh, I'm like, well, what were you doing up at three in the morning, you know, to <laughs> watch Cinemax, that? Because yeah. I, oh no, you know what? So this is a cool story. So the movie I'm telling you about right now it's called Stalked. Okay. Okay. And uh, and and um, okay, if you don't mind a quick story here. Go go for it. Okay. So. So I make this movie, like I said, total B movie, stocked. You know, it comes out on video and that sort of thing. And um, and uh, a few months later, and it, and it played. It played on like some cable channel, Cinemax or whatever. You know, like I said, three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And um, and my agent gets this call, and he calls me up, and he goes, "I got this kind of interesting call today. Robert Altman's Whoa. people called up, and Robert Altman would like to take a meeting with you." And I'm thinking. <laughs> what? Just back up. Well, you know, it's like I'm, major league, like the crank call. Like, yeah, totally. That's yeah. exactly evil. What I thought it was. Say so you're from the Yankees. I, I thought, and and so I said, my agent's name was Mark, and I said, that just sounds strange. Why? What? He said they didn't say anything other than he'd like to meet you and and take a meeting, and and I said, okay, well, like. I mean, obviously, I want to take this meeting, but mm-hmm. I, is this really legit, or is this somebody messing with us, or what? Right. I said, so, um, so, okay, I'm hoping this is like at some, you know, maybe at a studio lot, you know, or at some, or at a business or whatever. Right. I said, if Waffle it's like house. somebody's house or something like that, <laughs> I said, oh, I ain't God. doing it. He calls me back. He goes, they want you to go out to Robert Altman's beach house in Malibu. <laughs> I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I said, okay, Mark, I'm gonna go to this meeting, but if you don't hear back from me in like an hour, you send in the troops, man. Because I'm taking that Desert because... Eagle from Sleep Stalker real quick. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Just in case. And so I go out there. I'm a little nervous. Like, is this still the real deal? And he called up and tried to do a little bit of checking. No, everything indicates that this is a real deal. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Have still have no idea why. Is he casting something? Is he, you know, did he see something? What? And so I get out there and I'm at his beach house and the maid lets me in. And next thing you know, guy comes walking downstairs. He goes, "Hey, Jay, Bob Altman, nice to meet you." And I'm, I'm like, ha, 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 ha. Yeah, yeah, "Yeah, Robert Altman. I'm in Robert Altman's house on the beach, just looking at him, you know." And uh, listening to what he's saying. I'm like, I'm just, well, just I'm, white noise. What was the meeting about? I don't know. <laughs> so he tells me. He goes, "I bet you're wondering why I called." Well, yeah, yeah. It so crossed my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm, I'm laying in bed one night with my wife. And it's late night, and she's got the TV on or whatever. Oh, no. And and she's got this movie on that you did called, you played like a stalker? Whatever. I thought Robert Altman oh, no. saw this B movie I did called Stalked. And he goes, and, and we're, there was something about it, though, that we just found ourselves watching it. 
And he goes, and she said, my wife says to me, he's pretty good. You should, you should put him in something, you know? <laughs> nice. And so at the time, he's prepping a movie. He started producing movies with, um, with, um, oh, I just blanked. I had, oh, Alan Rudolph. Okay. So Alan Rudolph, you know, kind of avant-garde type movie maker, but had some things that that um, that did some some business. So we ended up making this. He he um, he said, so we're making this movie. It's called Afterglow, and and sure enough, it got made. It was Nick Nolte and Julie Christie, and it had um, Laura Flynn Boyle, and then Johnny Lee Miller had just Ooh. come off Train Spotting, wow. and he said, mm. there's there's a couple of different parts. The main lead would have been the Johnny Lee Miller part, and they went, right. Johnny Lee Miller, I'm no Johnny Lee Miller, you know, <laughs> and um, he said, but there's this other supporting part that I think you'd be great for, and um, and so he said, so great, and, you know, we talked for a little bit, and he said, well, I'll just kind of keep you posted, and you know, we'll let you know if something happens and whatever, and I walked out of there. At least I figured with a great story, yes, you know. Yes. And sure enough, like a month, two months later, whatever it was, we get a call. Yeah, they want you to come up to Montreal and shoot this movie. And so next thing I know, I'm on the set. Actually, next thing I know, I arrive there and they invite me to dinner. And they're treating me like I'm kind of one of the main cast, you know. I mean, there's Nick Nolte, there's Julie Christie, Laura Flynn, <laughs> Johnny Lee Miller, Alan Rudolph, and Robert Alton, and myself. And I'm like, okay, what's wrong with this picture? I'm definitely the odd guy. They're gonna out find, here. Like, you're like at that point where you're like, they're gonna find me out. Like, I'm totally. Like, <laughs> like, I say that all the time. I'm like, you sure you didn't hire me like just to do craft service or something? <laughs> you actually want me in your movie? <laughs> if you could just go back in time to when you're actually filming the. Hey, going into the dashboard and go, this is going to lead pay to off. the Robert Altman meeting. <laughs> in the long run. See, but, you know, what are the odds that something like oh, that, gosh. you know, you take a chance, That's you do this, this odd, quirky right? movie, and it leads to something. I totally forgot about that story until, <laughs> until I don't know, until we start talking about stocks and whatnot. Exactly, Eve. I mean, you know, how does that work? Yeah, yeah, this is going to lead to bigger and better things. Thump, thump. <laughs> Cut my face. It's for my future. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Glorious. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yep. Yeah, that, but that's where that ended, you know. <laughs> and then Robert Altman dies and you know, there's no more jobs for Jay, so. Oh. So, are you don't act anymore? At all you stepped away? When did you step away? So, you... Some yeah, somewhat. So, I just I just uh, at some point uh, it, it, I mean, it has to do with just my own faith, spiritually speaking, you know, and and just my love for the Lord and and um, and for God and for Jesus and and uh, and and so I just I started changing just kind of the way the, the kinds of parts that I wanted to do and mm -hmm. wanted to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and at some point, what happened was is I'm saying no to more and more auditions, even you know, and uh, and I kind of thought, where's this going to lead? Because the work definitely slowed down at the time. But what, what was interesting was I was doing, I was trying to get commercial work and I wasn't very successful for a while just booking commercials because man, it's like you book a few national commercials, it can kind of just financially set yeah. you up for the year. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and next thing you know, I start booking commercials. And so my commercial work went way up, my theatrical work went, went down and, and I remember saying to my wife, I'm not sure what's going on right now, you know? And, and, um, I, I thought, well, maybe it's time to just pack it in, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, we thought, maybe we'll move out to back to Topeka, Kansas, where, where Julie's family's all from, yeah. my wife's family's from, and I'll be an auctioneer with her dad or something, you know? Yeah. 
And then, um, and then what I realized is, is uh, the Lord was just calling me into a ministry, going into pastoral ministry, and I wanted to go to seminary. And so I, th- there was a kind of a defining moment, and I remember calling up my agents and my manager and said, I'm, I'm done. I think I'm, I'm done. I'm going to walk away. Yeah, yeah and, they, and you know, it wasn't, <clears throat> they were great. It wasn't like a super surprise to them because I had already been saying no to a lot of things. And, uh, and so uh, they said, no, we, we, we get it. We yeah. kind of were seeing, you know, some changes and things there. And, and, uh, and they, were, they were neat folks, people that I had been with. I had been with my agent for probably 20 years, you know, and, and yeah. he was just a good guy that stuck by me through a lot of stuff. And, and uh, so, yeah, so I went into ministry. And so basically now I'll do, I'll do the oddball faith-based film, you know, or a friend of mine runs the film department at a Christian college where my kids go in Los Angeles. And, uh, and he likes to, when, he, when they make student films, he likes to put the students in, in kind of um, real-life working situations. And right. so he'll, he'll round out the crew or even the cast with working professionals nice. so that they get a chance to work with and see what it's like to be on a, a professional-type film set versus so are your, just a... are your kids acting? Uh, let's see. No, I have my second one down. Uh, we got six kids between eight and 24. My, my second... Yeah, it's a spread. My second one is uh, finishing up film school, but he's behind the scenes. He's uh, working as an editor for a YouTube channel right oh, now. Nice. You know, and that's one of those things my wife and I, if you told us that, yeah, your son will be actually paid, you know, to edit a YouTube channel, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> you yeah. would be like, well, you got to be kidding me. Right. We, yeah. don't, we don't pay our editor for such things. <laughs> yeah. um, so, if we, so if we rewind, let's, yeah. let's go to <clears throat> what... What happened? Like, when did you decide? I think I, I want to be an actor. I want to try mm. this. Was that uh, is that a family thing? Was that like, were you born into that? Yeah, no, no. Uh, uh, mom and dad, like, just my dad was a police officer. My mom worked at a bank. Nobody had any any mm. sort of you know finger in the uh, or foot in the entertainment industry. I started doing theater. Actually, going way back, oh, I was the kid that was always putting on magic shows for the neighborhood. Yes, you know, yes. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, and then. And then uh, I was doing little plays and things for my grandmother and, you know, (laughs) that kind of stuff. And then started taking kids' classes, um, community theater in Hayward, where I grew up in the Bay Area. And then uh, started working my way around the Bay Area doing plays. Went to, as I was telling you, the American Conservatory Theater in San Francisco and taking classes. Got hooked up with a theater company in Minneapolis called the Children's Theater, where I went. And it was like eating, sleeping, breathing theater while you still went to school. And then the cool thing there was they would, um, if Hollywood wanted to find new faces, fresh talent, that kind of thing, they were, back in those days, they would do this early 80s, yeah, yeah, mid, mid, early, mid 80s, they would do a little casting search and they'd go around the country and they'd go to Chicago and they'd go to Dallas and they'd go to, to um, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I started getting these auditions because all the kids there in Minneapolis had a, uh, had agents because they did a lot of regional commercials, industrial films, things like that, and and um, and then I started getting some auditions, and they were actually films that came out. I remember one that was called First Born with Michael uh, Apted was directing, Terry Gar was starring in it, you know, and I ended up getting a screen test, and they flew him to New York. I'm like, this is kind of cool, you know, <laughs> and then finally one hit, and the first one that hit for me was a movie called Desert Bloom. It was made by. Uh, um, it was uh, out of Robert Redford's Sundance Institute. The writer-director was his uh, first feature. So Redford was one of the producers. Johnny Carson's company was one of the producing what a companies. Way to get started. <laughs> Man, yeah. and next thing you know, well, I had done this audition, and then like two months go by, and I, we hadn't heard anything, so we just thought it's gone. 
and out of the blue, I get this call while I'm at school one day from my agent in Minneapolis, and she says, we're gonna know in like an hour if you have this part in Desert Bloom. I'm like, Desert Bloom? I, I thought that was, I wrote that, that? No. yeah, I wrote that <laughs> off. That was like gone, and, and next thing you know, they call back and she goes, you got it. I'm like, what? And she goes, they need you on a plane, like tonight. So there's a ticket for you at the airport, and just, you know, I had to run home, pack, literally. We had a, 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 a family friend that escorted me out there, because I'm like, 15, mm-hmm. you know, and, and literally the next day, it was a 1950s movie, they cut my hair, they put me in wardrobe, and that afternoon, the next day, I'm working with John Voight. I'm doing a scene with John Voight. Wow. Except, <laughs> I had no idea who John Voight was. So you weren't intimidated <laughs> or anything, right? Yeah. My parents were like, he won an Oscar for coming home, how could you? I said, no, but check this out, Joe Beth Williams, the mom and poltergeist, is in the movie too. And so that was what I thought was really cool, you know? That's Awesome. And so I'm like, Joe Beth Williams, mom and poltergeist, wow. And uh, Ellen Barkin was in it, just some great actors. And this, the, the main girl, because it was kind of a coming-of-age story, 1950s Las Vegas, when they were testing the nuclear bomb out in the mm-hmm. desert, right? It's kind of an art house film. And and um, Annabeth Gish was her name. And she went on to do oh, all kinds she, of stuff. She's local, right? Is she a- Iowa. Yeah, she's yeah. A, yeah, she's from she, Iowa. Because she's been uh, a guest at Crypticon and stuff. Oh, and yeah, probably. Very local, yeah. She's done a lot of stuff and, and uh, had a great career. And, and so she and I had both auditioned in Minneapolis and then got, got these parts. So I played kind of like her, uh, it was a supporting part, like her little boyfriend. And <laughs> and uh, and John Voight's her alcoholic father and blah, blah, blah. Oh, but, nice. But, but yeah, so that was... That was uh, the First, first big deal, yeah, and then <laughs> and then so I make the movie. I go back to school in Minneapolis, and then um, and I start auditioning again. And then this movie called The Boy Who Could Fly, uh, my agent heard about it, and and uh, and so we made a videotape uh, audition. Mm. And in the movie, I play this autistic kid who doesn't speak. I have six words in the whole movie. Oh, okay. And so it's like, well, what do you do for an audition? And so his his thing is is he sits in his windowsill, and he pretends to fly. And it, it, there's a whole story then as, as well, his parents were in a, a plane crash and they both died. And ever since then, he's refused to talk and he sits on his windowsill and pretends he's an airplane, pretends to fly. And so that's what we did for the audition. I, I sat there and, and pretended to fly and, you know, just kind of looking off into space. And then the, my agent had me just go through just a series of emotions just to see how you could, you know, mm-hmm. express yourself through facial stuff and whatnot. And, and, oh, and then I got, they flew me to New York for a screen test. Then they flew me to Los Angeles for a screen test. Then they flew me back to Los Angeles for another screen test. And then the casting calls up and she goes, oh, by the way, we forgot to tell you, you got the part. <laughs> We've just been, we needed to cast the girl still and cast the, you know, and so, <laughs> that would have been nice to have known a little sooner. <laughs> so did you find, is there, did you find one easier than the other to be, do, do auditioning with a lot of dialogue or trying to do a lot of, like presenting it yeah. physically with your body movements and eyes and because we and were that. we were remarking on that last night. You have a very expressive, expressive. And like with, you, with yeah. your mouth and stuff. Like which uh, the scene in Sleep Soccer where you get the straight jacket put on is like. Oh right, does a really good crazy like. Face <laughs> yeah, like I gotta go back and really watch that now. You guys keep eyes. talking about it, making uh, me want to see it like, again. I totally get the like when. The same in Uncle Buck when you when you flip out. I'm sorry. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like you can kind of see it a little bit there. Like he's kind of pulling that right there. Like he's just like stressed to no end. Exactly. And that jacket, like he does crazy really well there. And that's <laughs> and that's why I got that stalker movie right. <laughs> Seriously, because that's what they needed. They needed the guy that could you know act normal, but then you know act mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I think 
Like, the boy who could fly, that was interesting because I just got it. I mean, in terms of, I read the script, and it's like, I just I, I just got the character. I mean, it just, it made sense to me. Like, it, a, like a hat that fits perfectly. Just yes. like, this is supposed That's to be. Cool. That's it. It was meant to be. Yeah. Here, so here's a cool one. So when we, when I got that part, and we went out to, uh, we shot the movie in Vancouver, British Columbia. And we did have rehearsal time. Nice. We had about a week of rehearsal time because one, they had to start teaching me to fly. Because in the movie, the character really does fly. That's the the kind of fantasy element is that mm. you think that there's all these indications. Well, she, the girl, thinks, well, maybe he can fly. Maybe for real. She lives like, next door and sees him in his windowsill. But of course, boys can't fly. But this one can. And so we had to <laughs> work with harnesses and wires and stuff. And they had yeah. the guys that had flown uh, Christopher Reeve and Superman. And uh, this is back in the again 85 when okay. we made it so so um so we're doing all this rehearsal stuff with the wires and then Nick Castle uh, the writer director and myself and Lucy Deacons who played the girl as in we'd, as in the <clears throat> Nick Castle the yeah. Nick Castle the shape himself okay yeah wow so yeah yeah, you talking about... He played Michael Myers. Exactly. That's what I thought you were <laughs> referring to. Yeah, because he and Carpenter were buddies. Yeah. And and, uh, and so, yeah, he was uh, the original Michael Myers. Because yeah. the Carpenter liked the way he walked, I think Nick told me. <laughs> yeah, I think he was like, like in one of the... the like the documentaries or like he was just hanging around set. And yeah. Like, I'm going to do something. Put <laughs> yeah. this on and be the killer. <laughs> Start walking. Yeah. yeah, be the villain. <laughs> yeah, so Nick was the director, and so we—I remember we did this—we uh, did some improvisation stuff because he was just curious uh, how these characters were going to interact. Because Lucy, as the girl, is kind of curious about this this boy that lives across from her who sits in his windowsill, won't talk, but pretends to be an airplane. So Nick said, "Let's go to a shopping mall," and he said, "Let's uh, Lucy pretend that you're there and you have to buy a pair of shoes or something. You got to take Eric, the the character Eric, you know, with you, kind of thing." And so. For me, so she's walking around the mall and looking at stuff and whatnot, and for me, anything that had to do with flying, like my character, I, I mean, as the actor, I just like zeroed in on, you know? And the kind of coup de grace was, was uh, there's that one part in the mall where they got those uh, deals for the kids, the kids sit in, little, like, and you put the quarter in, yeah, yeah and, and you know, ride, rocket ship or whatever. Well, that's what it was, it was a rocket ship. And I just, my, I remember as the character, I'm walking up to it, and I'm just staring at it, and it's like, whoa, this is like the Holy Grail, you know? And, mm -hmm. and I'm touching it, and next thing you know, I mean, I just remember being in character. I'm sitting down in the mall on the floor with my arms out, trying to look like the rocket ship, trying to be the rocket ship, and of course, uh, Lucy is the character Millie. She's embarrassed, and and you know, and she's like, Eric, stop, stop, get up, get up, get up, you know? <laughs> and people are, the people are in the mall, and they're staring at me, and you know, and she's. But that's all, the, and Nick's just kind of following around, just watching, just observing, just to kind of see, you know, just what kind of stuff would happen. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so that one just like the hat, just fit, you know, just <laughs> just just got it, just sensed it, and yeah, so it was easy to do that way. Nice. Uh, so uh, some slight behind the scenes here at Slash and Bash. <clears throat> this is actually our second little bit of collaboration because earlier today we were uh, asked to be some judges. That's on right. Some, yes. On some short films. And, and I noticed uh, during one of those short films, uh, I, I was I had the thought of, I think he has the same kind of vibe that we do, of like really kind of wanting something a bit sillier, a bit more popcorn. Because <laughs> yes. one of those shorts just was kind of goofy and just had elements that were just funny. Was it called Pizza Guy or Pizza, Pizza Man? Man? Pizza yeah. Man, yes. that was. That was good stuff. <laughs> So uh, I, 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 ooh, that, that might be something interesting, interesting to to find <laughs> out is in your cinema taste today. Is that something you more gravitate towards? Is something it's a bit more like slapstick? Yeah, I think at I least, think uh, at least yeah. the, at least 
fun. Like, I'm going to yep. have a good, fun time yep. with this. Yep. I think I can take, like, you know, here we are, Slash and Bash. All right, all right so, so, I'll, so I'll tell you this, this little story, then lead into that. But so before I flew out here, you know, I'm I'm at a I'm at the church where I'm a, a pastor right now. And there's like three of us, and uh, I was telling the church secretary, I said, oh, I'm going off to this uh, you know uh, sci-fi type convention. You know, I said, okay, I kind of get hush hush. And I said, Ruth, probably don't tell anyone around here, but it's called <laughs> Slash and Bash. And she started dying. She was screaming. She was like, ah! Because <laughs> here's this pastor showing up to Slash and Bash. I, I would say, yeah, that you, you, you sense that right. My sensibilities right now, I can take the Slash and the Bash and stuff if it's a little more in that vein of things. Yeah, you know, be, yeah. when it gets, it's, it's trying to go a little too serious, then it kind of creeps me out. Yeah, a bit, we're, we're definitely in that same boat where, uh, you know, there's enough violence in the real world that no it's, it's, it's too. If it's yeah. too real and too visceral, it's like yeah. I, I need that. Yes. I, I, yeah, we're yeah, gonna... but but yep. if it's if it's over the no. top and it's silly, yeah, if someone gets hit with a hammer and win. forty-two gallons of blood shoots out of their face, we're like sold. I can take that. Yeah, yeah that's not real. Yeah, pizza guy, you know, an, an old couple trying to off all the pizza delivery uh, people, you know, and by <laughs> turning them into pizzas themselves, I think that <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely in our wheelhouse, our sensibilities. We just like to, yep. we like cinema to be fun. To yeah. Be, uh, like, uh, we definitely, I believe in the Joe Bob uh, method of, like, the worst the worst aspect of a movie is for it to be boring. Yeah. And if it's fun and entertaining yeah. and not, like, there's a, at the time and the place for realistic biopics yeah. and stuff like that if you're in the mood for that. Yep. But, we're a lot of time we just like just put something on it's just fun just have a fun yeah. time you can laugh at even if it's supposed to be a horror movie or a comedy or action like if it's just fun to watch then it's you can put it on I, anytime yeah anytime I agree and, and 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 movies they they can serve all kinds of purposes and and like you said there's the biopic or there's a historical aspect or there's you know things that you can learn or certainly things that are thought provoking and whatnot but but um i think i would say too for me it's it's escape right i yeah, mean yeah. It's, so it's, shut your brain off and... exactly we've got real life and it's intense yeah so much of the time and to be able to go into a a, a movie house and have the lights go down low and you just kind of get lost or immersed in in something that can be a little more whether it's fantasy or whether it's just takes you away or whether it makes you laugh or whether you know i'm i'm all for that yeah we're, we're definitely in that category as well, and that was a, a fun, fun thing. Is like we're gonna do a, we're gonna get to judge some short films. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With Jay Underwood, that's a very strange. Like that's that, that's that whole thing about you like bashing that head in, you know, and being like, this is gonna pay off later. Like two years ago, when I'm like, hey, you want to build a fake video store and uh, you know maybe make some short films and then now we're sitting here and yeah. we're like yeah. I'm like I'm doing a podcast with Jay Underwood my, I, I could die tomorrow I'm good I'm oh good. please oh my goodness because definitely two years ago when he asked because I have a horrible like Social, anxiety yeah. about you know doing stuff like that and he's like would you want to be on camera and on video doing all this stuff I said absolutely not I don't want to do none of that but here we are today well you can't get the call from Robert Altman anymore unfortunately but yeah. hey there's plenty of guys you can get the call from alright yes. when they see T head and they go man that's right on we got a job for you <laughs> i will gladly carry uh cords all day long i don't know about ever being on that side of the camera ever again yeah because uh, you were in that right we're, yeah yeah we're, we're yeah, the we leads. yeah exactly um, sure and it was out of necessity because we had no money and we had no we couldn't pay a cast so we're like i'll just write yeah how hard is it to be us we'll just be us and then as soon as like there you go i'm not kidding seven months of rehearsing lines and then can't, then we're like action and i'm like What's my line? 
hello. Yeah, you know, like, I got you. Who, who was directing? Were you guys directing too? I directed it as well. Yeah, he's the director. I always wonder how that director. works. So do you say action, then you do your lines, then you say cut? Yeah. Yeah. It was a nightmare. And uh, I told my wife, because my wife is the cinematographer. She's a, the director of photography. She's a professional photographer in general. Yep. So I told her, the next thing we make, I'm standing right next to you. I'm going to be looking at that monitor going, I don't Say that again, please. One more. <laughs> just say it again. I'm not. I'm never gonna be on that. I'm, first of all, I'm not the you know most handsome man on the planet. But uh, you know, <clears throat> I was. I was still making. You know, when I started out making movies, they that was still right before they really had monitors as a regular thing. You know, because nowadays. For video those of you who don't know, exactly, Video Village, you know, the director, everything's, you know, tied in with cables, and they can sit, sit, you know, a mile away and watch watch each take kind of thing, mm-hmm. and they're zeroed in on the monitor. That was back when the directors actually were watching, just watching you live, and trusting the camera guys that they yeah. got the shot or not, you know? Yeah. Not, seeing, been the, in focus. not yeah. seeing the box. Not seeing it. Mm, yep. But we hit, what, what time are we at? Where are we we're at, at about, uh, about uh, 40 minutes, so uh, we could uh, do our uh, best attempt, because... Uh, but m- like most of the time, we're, we're gonna we're gonna pick and do a movie, and we very much like to just leave the topic and go other places. Sure, so yes. we will totally title this the uh, uh, Talking Sleep Stalker w- with Jay, or just uh, hanging with Jay. But uh, would you be interested to hear a couple of people who didn't like Sleep Stalker? <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh>. right, <laughs> right. You're no, on the spot. no. I think I'd rather stick with those that liked it. <laughs> if you believe the bad, if you believe the good reviews, then you have to believe the bad reviews, right? Right. So, see, see you're you're striking a chord in me because when I was a kid, and I remember I was doing a play in uh, in Oakland, and I was doing Oliver, and I was cast as Oliver, and I will never forget. Uh, when when um, the Hayward Daily Review, my own hometown paper, does a review on it, they said something about, well, Underwood was, you know, fine for the part until he opened his mouth and his singing voice was painfully inadequate. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went on to say, one hopes that it was only opening night jitters because um. he seemed more sure of himself with the choral numbers. I mean, I could still remember these words, mm. right? Uh-huh. That, and it's yeah, like, yes. okay, all right, go ahead. <laughs> Sticks yeah. and stones, ahead. but words Read will the Sticks and stones about Sleep Stalker. There's only a couple because there's. It's actually the the reviews I'm pulled up. It's actually it's it's a 4.2 out of five star rating. Boom. So it's a very high rated for what for what's out there. And there's only there's really only a couple. There's one that's super long, which I don't really. We don't we we don't do the long ones. So I'll just do I'll just do these first two. Uh, the, first the short and here. sour ones, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not short and sweet. Because part of it's like the, <laughs> mo- any movie we talk about is a movie we enjoy or, or new to and enjoy. So when we go to like, because yep. I'm a big Nightmare on Elm Street fan, so when I go and read yep. people who hate it, you just read those like super hateful words, and like it takes all the steam out of it, <laughs> takes all the power out. All right, of it go ahead, Evil. Go ahead. <laughs> So the first one up is, is someone doesn't want to be said. So Amazon customer. So we use our our, our uh, username of Rondell Dale Branch <laughs> as a as a placeholder on September seventeenth, twenty eighteen. He says one star. I can't be bothered to remember the last time I squelched so hard. <laughs> Subtitles do not help. What's a squelch? I don't know. Is that like a comes out your rear or something? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like. It, 
Like it's my a first theory. Words, I don't know, right? <laughs> my first theory is that is if it's a noise you make, like yeah. Yeah. like so it's something that hurts your. Flipping pancreas. sounds so bad. <laughs> yeah, he had, a, he had a squelch. It's a spleen disorder. Yeah. There you okay. So we'll go fine. with that. That's yeah. not bad. Yeah, that's, he has kidney stones this, and he squelched. It's, it's a medical term. Yeah. Right? You're fine. Next one, another <laughs> another one. So we'll say Rondell decided to come back with another uh, one star. This one I can kind of go with a little bit. This is on November 8th, 2018. He okay. says, one star, evil wins, good loses. Ooh, ooh. What more needs to be said? I think that's just somebody that's upset that you got killed in the movie. Yeah. Which I was too. You know? yeah. I'm like, what? Are you, are you kidding? He, you're the, you're the, but you're he the, goes you're on the on final shield. girl, but you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> right. the, that's the term. You yeah. technically are the final girl. He's the hero of yeah. the movie. Yeah. 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 Pull but, a swerve but, and let the let your... I forget. You have to tell me, does Sandman live at the end or does he finally... No, he, he goes. He goes, he yeah. Uh, she uh, does something to him, right? She she, uh, the girl. Yeah, she, she gets lights him, in him up inside of a like a silo. That's right. Yeah, and he turns but the, into uh, total into glass. glass. Yep, yep. The blind dude who's kind of like the yeah. the the super bad guy. Yep. <laughs> kind of leads it like there's going to be more of these brings. Yeah, so, right. So but uh, you, let's you, do Sleep Stalker too. You got to come out of retirement. Yeah, I'm telling you, that never you didn't really called, die. You know, yeah. <laughs> you didn't really die. It was a it was a flesh wound. He's fine. He'll be back, <laughs> and we can get Sleep Stalker two off the ground. But you do exactly what is the thing that. Roger loves most about a character that has, if they're going to it die, might, this might be the genesis of it. Yeah, honest, this is probably you. where this is probably patient zero because you love if a character is going to go out, if they're going to bite the bullet in the movie, go out on your shield, mm -hmm. go out fighting, that's go right. out saving yep. somebody. That's yep. it, and that's exactly what you do. In yes, this. you know, evil. What I'm hearing, I'm I'm hearing that that Sleepstalker gets resurrected by Roger here. I'm thinking <laughs> that Roger's the one to bring Sleepstalker to to life. Let's what do, do you it. think, Let's man? Do I, I don't think there's anyone <laughs> could, better could, for it. You could direct it. You guys can write it, you know. I'll, I'll do it. You I'm pull me out of retirement. I can be, yeah, you know, somehow we'll, or, you know, you can always do me as, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the, the ethereal zone, you know, mm -hmm. as spirit or yeah. whatever, you know. Yeah. Yeah, you're up in the clouds. <laughs> That's <yeah>. it. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm totally down. All I've, right. I've always wanted there to be a sequel. <laughs> And, and since you're retired, yeah. now I'm like, well, I'm, that, I don't know. Uh, just like in pro wrestling, everyone that says they're retired can never say never. That's right. right? Hulk it's, Hogan comes back all the time. Right? That's that Al Pacino line, right? Just when they, I thought I was out, they, they pulled pull me, me back, back in. Na-na-nanny-boo-boo. <laughs> or whatever. You, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have a good Pacino. <laughs> I don't have a good Pacino impression. the me. Talking the me. All right, uh, and the, all right, what else you got? And the last one I have, another one that all three people that were not comfortable enough to at least give a name, so they're all <laughs> Amazon customers, so people that don't want to feel the wrath of... of That's right. Of, Roger here. Yeah. I will hunt them down. I'm coming after them. Yes. And man, on February 12th, 2000. 21-year-old oh, 21 You can't even review. count that. Oh, uh, man. Mr. Sandman put me to sleep. <laughs> That's funny. An obvious recreation of Shocker, which was Wizard of Oz compared to this movie. Where a family killer is put to death but comes back to life in a form of sand and goes after someone he knows for revenge. Incredibly poor quality, low-budget flick is unconvincingly boring and unentertaining. Some low-budget fans have forcomingly given this far more credit than it deserves. They can keep it. Some bitter. Very bitter. He's a very bitter person. And again, we do these out of love because not everybody can like everything that we like. But you're wrong, and we're going to tell you why. You know, that's fine. You can you can sit at your keyboard and and hate it, but we're over here championing it, and we will. Woohoo! So um, uh, that's the end of the Amazon One Star Reviews, Evil. 
That, that is all the one star right. reviews because it is a 4.2 out of 5 star It could have been worse, movie. right? Yeah, it could have been a lot no, worse. I, and one of those one stars I can almost get by, and I think it's someone that's just bad out of shape that you did not survive the film. I, that's and we were in the same boat. That's got to be it. So, you know? uh, so now that we're done with that, is that time for the next segment, Evil? For our, yes, our final segment. I love that we're going to spring this on someone who doesn't know how we start this segment, but this is where... <laughs> all right, let's do it. This is where we play the game. Uh-oh, bring it on, I think. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. It's all about the game, and I can play it. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> That's okay, creepy. So, so the genesis of that is I'm a I'm a I'm a wrestling fan, and Triple H always used Motorhead for his entrance music. Okay. And it, you know, I know the lyrics, but every time they would bring him out to officially He'd play like, him to the ring, I'm like. He doesn't know the lyrics. Like he's singing <laughs> a different song every time. Oh, that's funny. So, so we start out with he just has a different way of singing the song every time. So, yeah, we, we play the game. This is the prop game where we pick a prop from the said movie of Sleep Soccer. Which we talked yesterday before yeah, before spoilers. this was even before this was even yep. conceived that that's you were right. going to be on the show. And that's you, right. You have a killer prop. I don't know. Should we let him go first because he's the guest? The people are here he, for you. They hear us you all know, the time. They, no, I think we should go first because he has because mm. he has the best, so we save the best for last. Mm, okay. Uh, <laughs> because I'll go first because I think you'll probably have a better prop than me, but re watching it for the first time the other night, first thing I was drawn to because we already brought it up. Oh yeah. I want the hat. Mm. Yeah. Yes. So like, if you got that, that in storage, Gosh, I wonder. because oftentimes I would, I'd keep something like wardrobe wise, but I got this bin in my attic, <laughs> and it's Jay's costumes, and it's and it's the bits and pieces that I've kept, you know, from from show. Okay, so when I get back, you know what? I might have that hat. Oh, oh my man. lord! See this. When maybe... I get home, I'm gonna have to go through the bin, and if I have it, I'll put it on, take a picture, and I'll I'll uh, I'll text oh it goodness. to you. <laughs> See that right there is why it was it's weirdly meant to be to have you on here because <laughs> yes. <laughs> Because I might because you're a, a man after our own hearts of like I got to take something from this because I want a memento from this. So yeah, a man you can who remember is, it forever. Yeah, yeah, a man who is living the prop game while we're just fantasizing about what we'd like to take from a movie. <laughs> There's so many good props in this movie, and this is you're putting me on the spot. So, um, good lord, uh, if if I have to pick just one prop. After, one. Yeah, after watching it last night, I was like, it was hilarious that Dog Sanchez gave you a Desert Eagle. So I was like, the Desert Eagle is funny, but I, I don't want to It's gun. funny because it's like, then, isn't it like a different gun that you're like asking for or something? And then you get handed that and we're like, a that's a cannon. Desert Eagle. That thing's <laughs> yeah. huge. I remember when we had that and, and they took us out back. Um, of, on of a the city uh, street to shoot it. Basically, <laughs> well, and what they do then is when they when you when you're shooting blanks, you know, then then they they call it in though and, and tell yeah. uh, tell the police that they're doing this and it's mm -hmm. you know film shooting all that. And uh, I forget what the load was on that, but man, just even shooting a blank, that thing exploded. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was it was awesome. Yeah. I mean, that was that was a, that was yeah. fun. I think I kept one of the shells from it. Oh, I might oh have my one gosh. of the. Okay, same. I'll have to go back and look and see if so, I got all the stuff. Okay, Stalker so, box. So if I, if <laughs> totally. I, if I gotta pick just one, which we we skimmed over because we talked about everybody else that was in the film, but we did not mention another one of our B movie heroes. <laughs> Ken is Force. Ken Ken Foree. 
rocking it as the detective in the movie. Yeah. So I his baby tie. I would take his baby tie or or <laughs> right his on. badge. His badge. But yeah, that is hilarious because his tie is for like a person five foot five, and he's like six <laughs> foot so six. Tough. So his tie is like this big. It's like that does not fit. It's hilariously wrong for yep. the body. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that, good. That's my fun joke to have on him. Is there's um, I bought a Texas Chainsaw Massacre three poster, and he has a mis. His name is misprinted on the poster. Get so out. instead of Ken Forey, it says Ken Force. Oh, that's good. Like, oh, that's don't good. bring Ken one of those Ken Force posters to me. <laughs> <laughs> so now I don't even. I don't, it's that's not, good. He's not even Ken Forey anymore. He's Ken Force. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right, so as far as your prop, even though you probably right. have a, a, a treasure trove of them in your attic. Yeah, so from Sleep Stalker, uh, the, the the cool one was they, they had it, and I don't think it was intentional, but they, they uh, when in my apartment scene, uh, had an Underwood typewriter. And, of course, my last name being Underwood, you know, I thought, oh, man, that's cool. He There's did that a for cool me, Underwood <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And uh, and so at some point, I, I think uh, Turi said, so I think you should take the typewriter, you know, I with you. Too. <laughs> and I said, seriously? And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, take it, it's yours. And, and so. Getting that I, on a plane. That's the thing, man. Oh Have you guys, those old that. Underwood typewriters, they're stinking heavy. It's an antique. I mean, it's, it's heavy. And so. I, that was, you know, I, I can't remember if I was, yeah, I was I'm married. I was married at the time. And so then I bring home this heavy typewriter. You know, we got it on display. Well, then we move. Oh, you're going to move the typewriter? I'm going to move the typewriter. Of course I'm taking the typewriter. And this thing gets moved all over the place, you know. But And then we were up in Northern California. It gets moved up there. Now I got it back in Los Angeles. It moves back there. And my wife's like, are you ready to get rid of that? I'm like, no, I'm not ready to get rid of it. Of course not. Things, you know, I'll haul this around. You know, there's a dude in Iowa who would kill for this. <laughs> <laughs> you have any the history behind this typewriter? Yes. So that's yeah, that's my uh, that's my big prop from uh, from from uh, Sleep Stalker is uh, the Underwood typewriter. That's amazing. Yeah, kind of fun. You have to post a picture of it on your like, Instagram. Yeah, I'm waiting to see the box that just says Sleep Stalker props. I got it now. Now you got me thinking about it totally because <laughs> I do remember. I seem to remember that I might have the hat and and even a, a shell from the from the gun. What about like the the glass, the rosary bead, the evil rosary? Ooh, that'd bead. be a that'd good be a one, good huh? One too, yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, there's sure. again, there's so many. I just have ones. a knack for one that takes somebody's like article of clothing. Mm-hmm. It'd be fun to have. <laughs> Always either a shirt or a jacket, a hat, something. Was, and so. like I was saying yesterday, I was on the underwear kick for a while. Like a lot of characters' underwear. I'm like, yeah, I'll take that girl's underwear. Okay. From Friday the 13th, but that's right. weird. It's weird. So. Well, you know, it, it might be, a little, but here, here's something weird. So, so I'll tell you this quick story if I can. So, we're doing, I'm filming Uncle Buck with John mm-hmm. Candy, and this friend of mine uh, flies into Chicago. And, and the day that he shows up, it was like, I don't know if it was a Saturday or a Sunday, we weren't filming. And he's like, oh man, that stinks. And so, uh, but I say, hey, maybe we can go down to the, uh, to the set. We, we commandeered a, a high school outside of Chicago, and it was a shutdown high school, and they turned it into the studio, basically. It was this huge high school. And so they had two gymnasiums, and those were the sound stages, and the main office area were all the offices, and they used classrooms for makeup rooms and you know prop mm-hmm. rooms and all this stuff. So Candy had his dressing area, and, uh, and, and he has his own dresser that just takes care of his stuff. And uh, we're walking down the hall, and I, I point that out to my friend. I said, there's Candy's dressing room area, and there's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, hold on, stop. And he, and he walks over <laughs> there, and I kid you not, I, I can't believe we didn't have cell phones that had cameras like that back in those days, you mm-hmm. know. And, and so, but he holds up, there's Candy's laundry. It's freshly done. And he does, he holds up, 
a pair of candies briefs. <laughs> he planes, trains, and automobiles. Right in front of his face, it was planes and trains, and they were huge. <laughs> Those are gonna brush your teeth. Oh, and I'm not trying to trying to trying to you know denigrate you know the the passed on because I love candy. He was fantastic, but it was funny. I couldn't believe it. And then part of me was scared out of my mind. Like, they got hidden cameras here. They like, watch, he just you know. to walk around the corner right there. Yeah. Right, like, exactly. Okay. Well, my friends holding up candy's briefs. <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome. I, this, I definitely didn't park my car here. Yeah. I'm lost. <laughs> that's just even better that he's literally doing the Steve Martin from Planks and Trains. It was. I remember looking over at him. Wait, I'm like, why, why I think I was like, I think I laughed and howled. And I'm like, put him down, put him down, put him down. Let's go, oh, let's go. Goodness. See, uh, that's where he should have been like, now, if you need to brush your teeth, move the socks out of the sink. <laughs> just, just to keep that going. Oh, that is excellent. Uh, well, I suppose we've reached the end of our Oh, man. So Too much fun, you guys. I want to say oh. thank you. This was a blast, man. This was this. this was great. Yep. Oh, yes. And uh, if you have any information, if you want to tell our listeners where to yeah. find you on social media or whatever, if they want to reach anything out or anything like that. <laughs> I don't, even, I don't think I'm on show, social media. I no, you know, Twitter, I love... Twitter fiend? Do you I Twitter? love... No, I don't. I don't Twitter. No. I, I mean, I love, the, I love when people, you know, have seen some of the stuff from the past, and that's mm-hmm. that's my stuff you know it's it's uh it's the 80s it's the 90s and and so i I love it i love to hear from people just when they have seen something you know you walking up with the sleep stalker (laughs) dvd thing and that's that's awesome i'm glad that that stuff's out there that people would still you know enjoy to watch any of it anything at all you want to plug we can get the floor is yours for i don't have anything to plug fellas Nothing. <laughs> i think the latest one uh, yeah no like you said i've been doing a lot of i'll step in and do student films and things like that the 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 college where my kids are at produced their first feature this about i think we did it about a year year and a half ago called the man from nowhere and i'm not sure uh i'm not sure if they're selling it or what so if you put in the man from nowhere and it's a master's university production kind of thing uh okay. nick searcy um who's classic character actor uh, uh is the lead in it and uh so if somebody wants to see something a little more current i just got kind of like a cameo deal nice in there yeah. but yeah man from nowhere with nick searcy and uh i'm you have to look online and see where it's at <laughs> I, will do. I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's cool. How about the, for last bits, how about parting words? What's parting any, words? Any parting words to our dozen. I'm sorry! <laughs> I'm sorry! Okay, I'm sorry! I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Mr. Buck. I'm sorry. No, really. No, I'm, I'm really sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, my dad's a lawyer, right? I'm going to sue you! Thunk down after the count. <laughs>